1: I'm not talking about your phone number. It's a fireworks weekend. Senator Nate Libby is in. He's just he, Senator Libby bequeathed me with a wonderful gift. It's a uh, it, it's a directory of the of the main legislature. It's been autographed. It's it's been great. I'm actually going to try and get all the autographs in here. I'm gonna. Yeah. I'm going to see what happens, see if I can get the whole, it'll be like a yearbook, like I'm going to have everybody, do you guys do that, do you guys go around with it and have everybody sign it, like best no, wishes, have a great uh, summer, or anything like that?
0: <laughs> but the registry is an annual uh, publication, we actually used to call it the, the Facebook before <laughs> um, The actual Facebook? Yeah, before Facebook came along. I, I, I suppose you could still call it the Facebook, people look at you funny, but. You could call
1: it original Facebook. Yeah. Facebook OG, I guess maybe. (laughs) I don't know. You could you could do that. So i let's talk about the state budget. That was uh that seemed like it was quite a fun time. Uh it got vetoed. Uh there was a deal struck, it seemed like away from the public eye, and then governor vetoed it and then vetoed the individual line items. So uh you guys had to put in a little bit of extra work and then you guys overrode the vetoes, avoided a state shutdown, although there was some other bill that was gonna be out there to temporarily fund
0: it if it was shut down, but Tell us about how it all went down. Yeah, it was uh, definitely one of the more complex, challenging budgets to actually get enacted in a long, long time. I think uh, the legislature, unlike Congress, has had a long history of coming up with bipartisan, unanimous budgets and um, making sure they're balanced every single year and ensuring that those budgets pass each year without causing a state shutdown. Um, So, you know, this year we uh, didn't quite hit all of those marks. We did avoid a shutdown, um, but it it sort of didn't come out as a lot of us had expected. Um, There was, out of Appropriations Committee, a divided uh, vote on the compromise budget where you had two Democrats, uh, I'm sorry, two Republicans and the rest of the Democrats supporting one version, and then House Republicans supporting another, which set us up for this As you sort of alluded to this uh, negotiation that was going on between the four leaders of the House and Senate caucuses Um, I think a lot of people have criticized that you know this negotiation went on in in, um, back rooms and I think that's you know only partially accurate Uh, the Appropriations Committee and my committee and all the other committees of jurisdiction had months of public hearings and work sessions on each component of the budget um, the majority budget that came out of appropriations was online and available for everyone to go through for several weeks um, up until that final vote so it wasn't an ideal situation for passing the budget but at the very least we got it done and it was done i think in a fairly transparent way the governor um, as as uh, no surprise to our listeners uh... wanted to make it very difficult for the legislature to do its work and so he vowed to um, And he actually followed through on vetoing something like 120, 130 (coughs) line items in the budget. So this is where he has the authority to strike out funding for certain things. Um, We basically took a day, the House and the Senate each, and went through and overrode every single one of those um, vetoes. And it was a bizarre experience to be sitting in your chair. You can't leave for several hours just pressing... The green button, over and over and over, (laughs) Um, because we'd all agreed to a deal, and the governor didn't like that deal. And um, you know, we made a commitment to to get the the budget done and not shut the state down. So, so after we overrode 130 some odd vetoes, then uh, the governor vetoed the entire budget, and we overrode that as well. A lot of work hitting the green
1: button. (laughs) Yeah, I can see the documentary now behind the green button.
0: Now, if you were absent on one of those days, your your voting percentage would have tanked because of uh, so many votes. Well, There's a good way to successful. get stats up, I guess, right? Yeah, that's true. That's a, that's
1: a good point. Yeah. Senator Libby is in. We'll talk more with him coming up. Ben Chin will be coming in next hour. It's the Breakfast Club. Z-1055, 711, 74 degrees. The new Z-1055. New music. New music. New Z. The new Z-1055. 718, seventy three degrees Senator Libby is in he's uh, still he's actually got a bandage on his finger from pushing the green button last week like, <laughs> did you have to like do like did you eventually like, get a stick and just hit that like you- that uh, that
0: little bird toy that kind of bounces his head back and forth you know <laughs> automatically
1: I figured it'd be like you know you could just you know selfie stick you know yeah, take the other end of it maybe right. I don't know so now that the budget's passed can you
0: give us some insight on what's in the budget? Sure. There's a, there's a lot of big changes to our tax code, which I think are generally good, and you know we can get to that. Um, but I did want to talk about some of the new pieces that uh, I think affect uh, a lot of different people. We'll start with education. Um, this budget uh, moves the needle forward in terms of getting the state to pick up its 55% share of state funding for local education. Um, we're not there yet, but we're making progress. Uh, this budget puts an additional $80 million into K through 12 education, which is good for property taxpayers, um, it'll be less money that has to come out of their property tax bills. Uh, but it's also good for, for our kids. Um, there's an additional 28 million in there for the Maine community college system and the University of Maine. Um, though both of those institutions have been fairly flat funded over recent years and have had tuition freezes that have forced a lot of uh, difficult cuts to happen. Um, some of them, I think. Fairly necessary, but this additional funding is going to help um, help with financial aid. It's going to help with uh, buildings and infrastructure across campuses and that sort of thing. Um, there's another million dollars for Head Start. Um, and Head Start, of course, is uh, early education for uh, zero to five. Um, and then the Opportunity Main Tax Program um, gets some additional money and is expanded and is aimed at uh, helping to attract. Uh, graduates from all over the country to settle in Maine and and uh, a benefit for them is to have some assistance with their student loans.
1: Now you've been, a, you've long been an advocate for tax reform in, in common sense tax reform. Mm-hmm. And this time it looks like, I, I like to stress that because there's different types of tax reform. There's people that want more, there's people that want yeah, way too rich. little. And there's, let's kind of make some sense of it all. Right. And, and you've been an advocate for the common sense tax reform. And this time it looks like some elements of a comprehensive tax reform package made it into the budget. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah.
0: We've talked a long time about exporting uh, tax burden to non-residents, and, and, and this budget does that. Um, uh, there's 25 million people come and visit Maine every year, and I think a lot of us were saying if we could just um, collect a little bit more revenue from those folks, that would add up to real dollars for the rest of us. So um, this budget lowers uh, income taxes for everybody. Um, it, it, does, it doesn't broaden the sales tax to any uh, particular new items, but it does keep the same sales tax rate, which is 5.5%. Um, <clears throat> the meals uh, uh, and lodging taxes uh, stay at their current levels, which is a little bit higher than in previous years. Um, lodging tax is going to go up to 9%. Again, that's a key part of exporting. Tax burden to non-residents, um, and that starts January one of twenty sixteen. Um, we make some changes to the estate tax. That's a big one for those on the uh, Republican side of the the aisle. Um, the uh, estate tax exemption goes up. Um, the earned income tax credit. That's a good uh, program for working people who um, you know make between the minimum wage and say twenty dollars an hour. Earned income tax credit is a is an important tax program to help working people, and President Reagan, by the way, was a big fan of the earned income tax credit, so we increase that and improve that credit so more people can take it. Um, there are a number of other changes, but I think at the end of the day, most Maine people are going to see um, a, a reasonable tax reduction, and we're not uh, cutting taxes for the sake of cutting taxes. We're not cutting taxes to uh, dismantle state or local government. Um, This is a fairly common-sense package that's going to help most working people. Senator Nate Libby is in. We'll have more with him coming up. It's the
1: Breakfast Club, Z1055, post-July 4th weekend edition, 72 degrees.
0: USA Headline Sports, I'm Tammy Rose. (coughs) Sound of Women's World Cup soccer Fan.
1: It's not easy to say, hey, mama, I guess. Nate Libby is in. State Senator Nate Libby talked about some of the things that happened up in Augusta in this legislative session, which still has a little ways to go. You guys go back on the 16th?
0: Yeah, we're going to go back and uh, I I call it, we're going to go back and uh, override another batch of vetoes.
1: Gonna, you're gonna bring the you're gonna bring the uh, the button and, and the the button pusher. You really <laughs> uh, should. Somebody should get you a button pusher. Yeah, yeah I, I, just, I may have to
0: do it manually. That's that's yeah. pretty tough. Yeah.
1: Let's so talk about some of your bills. Uh, we've talked about a, a lot of your bills coming each each month, and we catch up on some things. But uh, let's talk about that made it through the process and became law.
0: Sure. So I had a, sort of an additional challenge um, in terms of getting laws passed this year because I'm a Democrat and the governor. Uh, said he was going to veto every one of our bills, no matter if they had merit or not. So um, all of my bills had to go through another step, which is overriding a veto. Um, But we made it through on on a a number of, I think, important bills. The first is um, our abandoned properties bill. We talked about this uh, a few months ago, but basically it's going to help towns and cities deal with the banks that are controlling abandoned properties and making sure they uh, are keeping up on the upkeep um, the maintenance and the security of these properties so they don't um, sort of go down the tubes after a couple of years of inattention. Um, another bill that uh, became law is a, a study that's going to happen with the Department of, DA, uh, Department of Health and Human Services, and it's going to look at um, main care rate reimbursement for providers, particularly in rural Maine, who are finding it difficult to serve um, main care patients because of the low reimbursement rates. Um, That study hopefully is going to come back and show that um, these are the areas where we need to increase reimbursement. These are the areas where we need to do other things to to help this population. Um, A couple of tax changes that I put forward that uh, became enacted. Um, One is (coughs) a doubling of the homestead exemption. Um, This was part of the budget that we negotiated, but your homestead exemption is going to increase from $10,000 to $20,000 next year and so that's a big property tax cut for a lot of homeowners and in Lewiston the average home is going to see a uh, just from that piece alone a tax cut of about two hundred and twenty-five dollars Um year in income tax credit we mentioned that as well that's going to get increased um, and then finally a uh, passenger rail um, study uh, representative golden and I and others pushed very very hard to get some money for this in the budget to help push that uh, issue forward and and start coming up with a concrete plan about how we get passenger rail to Lewis and Auburn. So that's uh, sort of a summary of some of the bills that uh, we were able to get through the process.
1: Now, uh, what were some of the bills that were carried over into next year?
0: Yeah, um, uh, the legislature does, you know, do a lot of work in its sort of finite period of time but some of the bills are carried over into the following session which starts in January. Um, So one of my bills has to do with Uh, Helping towns and cities work collaboratively together, Um, sort of like how Lewis and Auburn share a lot of services. My bill will set up a system for towns to be incentivized to do that work together to save money. Um, It's a complicated bill, and we decided rather than pass something that's half-baked, we would carry it over. Um, So that'll get worked on next January. The other is my welfare reform bill. That was a a pretty broad, uh, comprehensive bill that's got a lot of different parts that, again, um, is going to be carried over for additional work next year.
1: Um, What were some of the ones that didn't make it, that uh, didn't quite swim?
0: Yeah, um, two of my bills, for the life of me, I I don't understand the partisan angle on it, but uh, two bills were enacted uh, unanimously by the legislature. Democrats and Republicans supported it. Um, The governor vetoed it, and then Republicans in either the House or the Senate found reasons to to not support it. Um, One is the uh, bill I sponsored around truancy. Um, That's habitual absence from school for our younger students. Um, This bill would have helped uh, give school districts some tools to to help get those kids into school. Um, That veto was sustained. And then the other was uh, my bill around autism and... Um, trying to ensure that new um, treatments for kids with autism that are evidence-based, that are showing promise, that are more effective than the other old-school treatments out there, making sure that new treatments are getting um, reimbursed by main care. Uh, That was a unanimous bill, and, you know, again, for the life of me, I don't understand what the partisan angle on that was, but unfortunately it was um, passed once, people supported it, then the veto came down, and... Folks found a, a reason to vote against it. 744, 72 degrees. We're talking with State Senator
1: Nate Libby. Love we'll more coming up. you we'll just take on uh, the governor and some of his recent stuff that happened. <laughs> I don't know how else to word it. No, stuff is good. Stuff is good, yes. Z1055. The Breakfast Club. The news continues. It's a good start to the week. You know, it's Monday. Go big or go home this week. Nate Libby is trying to go home from Augusta, but he has to keep going back. When were you guys supposed to be out? Uh, we were supposed to be done on June 17th. Okay, but you get to come back on the 16th of, of July. July yeah. That's great. That's yeah. that's fantastic. So we call that
0: legislative time.
1: How much more does that cost the taxpayers to have you guys come back in? Uh,
0: I've heard estimates somewhere between 20000 and and 100000 per day. Well, thank uh, God
1: we're all about saving money for the taxpayer, yeah. right? No, I, yeah. the
0: governor surprises me. I mean, he's the fiscal conservative, <laughs> but he's the one who's dragging us back in to... Uh, press green buttons for several days Uh, i'm sorry i I try not to be partisan you you, you know know, at the the end of the session uh, you just you kind of get a little frustrated with everything so i'm sort of telling it like it is
1: you get a little get a little punchy i guess now speaking of the governor which will be a fun transition uh he's taken a lot of heat around a lot of things lately uh first thing i'm going to start about is uh headlines for threats against the lewiston delegation apparently he was uh not too impressed with the uh, railway uh, railway stuff?
0: Yeah, I, I guess he disagrees with us on <clears throat> Lewis and Auburn being the next uh, progression in passenger rail expansion. And so, you know, I would have been perfectly fine with him saying that he disagrees with us on that policy, but he seems to have taken it uh, to a personal level where he... Uh, allegedly said that I and Representative Rotundo and the other members of the Lewis and delegation should be taken out to the public square and executed. And, you know, some people, I guess, would say, well, it's the governor just being the governor. But, um, you know, I think that raises serious questions about, you know, uh, Governor LePage and his role as a spokesperson for the state, as the um, head of state government. To me making threats like that, I, th- I just think is. Uh, terribly inappropriate and uh, I, I think it reflects badly on on all of us and you know he, he made a threat the other day uh, as well to uh, the son of a cartoonist for the Bangor Daily News saying he wanted to shoot uh, his father who was the cartoonist and you know I, I understand the governor is crass he shoots from the hip but uh, we can't just keep allowing these kinds of behaviors to happen it's uh, I, I think it's totally inappropriate uh, it sets a bad example for kids, and is no way a governor should behave.
1: Now, I, I know that, uh, just from what I know, that uh, the governor did write a handwritten letter of apology to the cartoonist, which was addressed through the cartoonist's son. Have you or any of the other legislators received any type of apology? Uh, apology Front channel, back channel, any channel.
0: No, uh, the governor sent me a couple notes in the past, handwritten, scrawled messages, but I haven't uh, got anything from him on this one speaking
1: of the governor taking a lot of heat around uh the goodwill hinkley stuff and and senator and house speaker mark eaves um it, it's tough in this situation i i feel like it's uh it's like one of those wwe scripts where you've got one <laughs> one guy who's kind of a heel going against another guy who's kind of a heel <laughs> and there's good points on both sides but at the same time you're like eh, yeah. well, let's talk a little bit about that
0: so uh uh mark eaves who's uh uh, Going to be finishing up his term in the legislature he 's termed out uh, was seeking uh, work uh, outside of the legislature, as all of us do. We all work outside of the legislative work. He uh, was hired to be president of Goodwill Hinckley, which uh, is a non nonprofit in the fairfield area. They do a number of different things, uh, but one of their pieces is running a charter school. Uh, the governor who really uh, you know has political disagreements but it seems as well personal disagreements with the speaker. Um, It appears used some of his leverage with state funds to threaten um, Goodwill Hinkley and basically said that if you don't get rid of Mark Eves as your new president, uh, I and the state are going to withhold half a million dollars from you. And so the Goodwill Hinkley board uh, basically uh, took that threat and agreed and got rid of the speaker. Now Mark uh, is saying that uh, this is clearly a violation of the law, and last week, the government oversight Committee um, of the legislature voted unanimously to uh, conduct an investigation into these uh, allegations to try to get to the bottom of what happened. Um, clearly threatening uh, a private institution with holding state funds, those are serious, uh, serious uh, issues and at the very least, I think we should try to get down to the bottom of what happened. But um, again, it's the end of session. I'm, I'm feeling like I, uh, in terms of the governor, I, I'm just continually disappointed in his behavior. Um, this is another example of that. To
1: back it up a, a little bit, though, just to, to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Wasn't Speaker Eves against charter schools when he was in the legislature?
0: Well, I mean, you could say I was against charter schools. Uh, even but though, I don't see you applying for a job with it, Nate. No, but, you know, <laughs> I always held up Goodwill Hinkley as a as a great example of how charter schools can work well, um, you know, catering to very specific populations of students who need particular kinds of uh, programs. My objection, and I think Mark's objection all along, has been um, if we're going to do charter schools in Maine, it's not going to be at the expense of public schools where... Funds are siphoned off from public schools and sent to charter schools. That just that's unfair for a number of reasons. This legislature actually passed uh, a new law that changes the funding so that we're not cannibalizing public school uh, dollars for charter schools. And I think that's been the Democrats' criticism for a long time. Um, and I think that's where Mark's coming from. You know, I know that gets the governor upset, but um, you know, I think I think. Nearly everyone in the legislature is a strong advocate for for education in all its forms. Um, to say that you know Mark Eves is adamantly opposed to charter schools, I don't know that that's accurate.
1: I will say this though: if Goodwill Hank is looking for somebody, I I will do it. And if I can't take the job, I will also take the thirty thousand dollar buyout before I even start the day. <laughs> I I am putting myself out there that if they would like to do that with me, I'm okay with it. Yeah.
0: So. No, I mean, yeah, you but, you want a career change? This radio DJ stuff is. <laughs> I know it's stressful. <laughs> it I really it's is. Stressful. It's a high burnout rate. High
1: burnout. <laughs> Probably for a whole other meaning on that. State Senator Nate Libby. Senator, it's fantastic talking with you as always. You as well, and uh, we'll see you soon. Enjoy the, the uh, month of July. Seriously, look at that. Look at that over veto override stick. I would <laughs> seriously just get something like a back scratcher, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, right. Ben Chen will be in next hour. It's a Breakfast Club Z one o five five. The
0: Breakfast Club.